This is the Rules of Software Development Podcast with me, Andrew Woods. Welcome to the Rules of Software Development Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Woods. Welcome to the first intro episode. So what we'll do in this episode is we'll simply talk about what the podcast is about, why I'm creating it, who am I, and how we're going to run the show. So essentially the idea of the podcast is to talk about software professionalism. The title Rules of Software Development indicates we might try and find out some rules to live by to be a professional software developer. And these won't be rules on how to code because coding is quite a creative thing. And ultimately, the reason I want to do this is because in my 14 years experience, I've seen great examples of professionalism and really professional people. And I've seen some really poor examples of software professionalism. And I find very few information sources on professionalism in software development. In my experience, well, I mentioned I have 14 years experience in the industry. I'm currently a software development manager, a large multinational based here in Dublin, Ireland. Over those 14 years, I've worked in back-end systems, I've worked in front-end systems, and the last eight years-ish has been in mobile. Um, so that's given me a bit of a wide berth of things I've worked on and industries I've worked on. I've worked in mobile industries, I've worked in media industries, I've worked in property industries, and I've worked in accounting industries and currently in telematics. So how would the show work? Well, the idea is we'd have some kind of cadence. I haven't really decided what that is yet. Um, I'm guessing probably one a, one a month, if more, great. Um, we'd have guests on the show from the industry, but guests from different parts of the industry. So we'd have UX designers, product owners, build engineers, ops engineers, project managers, dev managers, and of course, software engineers. And we each of these guests will talk to them about what they find uh, indicates a professional software developer. And if there's any rules we can taper out of that that people should apply to their professional life in software development that then you guys can work on. Hopefully this will help everyone kind of improve their career going forward. And that's kind of the idea of the show. So before I jump into the first episode, I'd also like to, to point out what I said. There's not many information sources. There is one brilliant book on professionalism by our very well-loved Robert Martin, Uncle Bob, that is The Clean Coder. If you haven't read it, I do advise you, you pick up a copy and read it. Now, this is not The Clean Code book. This is The Clean Coder. Clean Coder book is a professionalism book. It's it's a very easy read, actually, and it's very well written. So let's move on to our first interview. Our first guest is a guy called Alvaro Pereira. Uh, I started working with Alvaro back in 2011 um, when we, I joined a large multinational company as a part of the Android team. And um, since then, we've moved companies together. He was actually my manager in one of the previous companies. Um, we don't currently work together anymore. He is now a team lead in an e-health startup here in Dublin, Ireland called InfoCare. And um, this is actually the man who introduced me to, to Clean Code, um, Uncle Bob and TDD. So he's a great person to have on our first episode. Okay, so welcome, Alvaro, to the show and thanks for coming along to this. Thank you. Thank you for for the invite. Yeah, well, it's uh, kind of the obvious person to invite, really, the guy who introduced me to, to pretty much Uncle Bob and Clean Code and, and TDD all those years ago. Yeah, just a few. You mentioned before that it was like some years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago now. I feel, feel very old thinking about it. So we'll jump in. So, I mean, I, I suppose the idea is to talk about software um, professionalism. A professional in software development, and um, I kind of look for for rules basically mm-hmm. that you would expect people to to observe or to 
to work by to show how professional they are. Uh, I kind of broke it down into three sections, one being technical, the second one being um, kind of business, and then the third maybe being team player, team morale. Mm-hmm. So I suppose we could we'll jump into the technical part first. Is there any kind of rules that you would kind of expect people to follow in a, in a technical aspect, being a professional software developer? Yeah, so um, the technical part, I think, is the when you are like software engineer is a fun part, I think. It's uh, um, and one of the things that uh, in order to to build that career, you have to to keep being curious, keep being like learning. Um, I think there are like two kinds of uh, learnings or knowledge, like very broad knowledge that you have to have like the exposure to different paradigms, different ways to to, to solve problems and then be an expert in one of those areas or two of those areas. You can't be an expert on everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very true from my perspective because, I mean, you know, like I became um, a very much Android-focused and Android um, specialist. Mm. And then moving into the dev management, it was all of a sudden AWS and yeah. <laughs> things that I was in meetings, kind of running out of the meetings and then looking up um, acronyms and seeing what, what EC2 <laughs> was and things like that. So... Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think being aware of, you know, having a bit of a broad knowledge and probably being expert in mm-hmm. something, whatever that that in, that interest is, whether it's it's is Android or it's you know, .NET frameworks, .NET Core, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding the the kind of architectural uh, overview outside of just your focus is important. Yeah, I think there is one thing that um, maybe the market and maybe the uh, recruiters or a uh, in life get uh, tries to get us to to uh, grow uh, like follow that path of uh, like being a developer principal or senior or um, lead and manager in some cases uh, you know the law of peter like uh, you start growing and growing and growing and then you end up doing something that you don't like or you're not good at so um, i think knowing what you want, knowing your strengths, knowing what the role that you want to get to, to get to requires. I think it's also very important as a like technical skill. It's like maybe you dream to be like an architect, but you don't really like writing, for example. And an architect is writing specs and writing things all day. So... Um, I think that's that's very important. Very important to know uh, what is the job description. Uh, what uh, where is it, where are you getting into? So, yeah, I think it's a really good point, right? So you have a lot of people, uh, certainly in my team as well, have talked to you about well, how do I get into management and how do I get into leadership? And a lot of the times, the question is, well, do you want to be in management? Um, they they only they see it as the only path to success, and really. Like if if you're passionate about software development, why would you go into a a people management yeah. role where a lot of your time is, you know, my time nowadays is is kind of it's meetings. It's meetings, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty much all day meetings, and then trying to find time between those meetings to um, do goals and one to ones and to follow requirements and make sure that we're building the right thing and talk to the guys about how they're building everything. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I, I sign up for that and I quite enjoy it. But if you really like the actual development aspect of it, you don't need to feel that you have to, to get out of that to be successful. There's 
there's other paths to yeah. go. Uh, absolutely. I, well, you know me from for many years. You know that I did that that path. I, yeah. I moved from a software de developer to man manager, and I'm back to the so software development. And the reason is like a, a you can learn things like either observing or training or a, by practice. And a, I'm very practical. I have to try and see if I like. I tried to be a manager and uh, I think I didn't have like uh, all the motivation to be a manager at that time or uh, after a while. And I went back to, to coding and the good thing in, in computer science is that it's easy to, to, to f try things and move between the uh, different uh, career uh, paths or tracks. So I went back to coding, and I think it's it's the best thing I could do. There are some skills that you have to have, and as you, as you said, it's like if you are going to be in meetings, you have to be to be a very good communicator, and you have to to get your point across early rather than later. So um, that's that's important. It's knowing your strengths, knowing where what you are good at, and keep doing that. Yeah, and I think I think knowing your strengths is really a good a good way of saying things because when you do when a lot of people do performance reviews, generally the performance review concentrates on things you weren't good at. You yeah. know, you didn't do this this year. You need to work on this. And I was at a training recently, and and it was pointing out that you can work on all your weaknesses, and you can be, you know, better at your weaknesses and still be oh good at your strengths, or you mm -hmm. can manage your weaknesses and work on your strengths and yep. become excellent at your strengths and have your weaknesses there and be aware of them, but manage those weaknesses in whatever they are. Do you know that kind of way? But Very well. I, I, I did the similar training like many years ago, uh, actually when we were working together. And it's exactly that. It's focus on your strengths. Be, be very good at something. And your weaknesses, fighting with them, it's going to to drain your energy. So don't don't give them too much attention. Focus on on what you are good at, and don't worry. It's uh, there is a, a role for for any kind of strengths if you are good at something. Yeah, totally. And going back to to <clears throat> the, the technical bit. So around rules, I mean, you you are a bit like me, a clean code advocate mm -hmm. and a TDD advocate. Do you? Um, almost expect that from senior developers. Yeah, and it's it's something that um, sometimes you find people uh, preparing for interviews uh, with the uh, cracking or hacking uh, cracking the the code interview, something like that, that. That book, and it's like if you are good at uh, uh, and you are interested, you will probably know what the, the design patterns are, even though maybe you don't know, even know the names, you know the idea behind that. In, there are lots of concepts uh, that you have to, to control like day to day. The solid principles should uh, be like written down. When you write any code, it should already follow that or TDD or maybe in some companies, companies it's not possible to apply TDD because you are dealing with legacy code and you have to harness first, uh, create the test or create the, the, the framework to, to to move into that more TDD. But you can write code that can be easily tested anyway. 
And that's something that uh, I would expect from a senior developer. Sometimes uh, you have senior developers that are senior because they were in that role for many years. Uh, I think a senior developer should be like technically independent and creating that culture of excellence. Yeah, that's a really good description. So I, I get asked quite a lot from, from a mid-level, how do I get to a senior? Hmm. And generally, guys who are in a mid-level role um, can code, right? And that, that's why they don't see what the difference is. They're able to, yeah. to finish the stories and get the feature out and everything. But there's just that different level of thinking and, and different level of, uh, I suppose, leading. You yeah. know, you're, you're going to lead the way things are technically done. You're going to drive that clean code mantra and that test-driven development um, process. And it, it's a difficult one as when you're mid-level, because I remember being there as well, that, mm-hmm. you know, someone gives you a ticket and you go off and do it and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get many bugs and you go, what's wrong with this? But there's even, you mentioned the solid principles. You know, I've interviewed, I hired um, over 15 people since last mm-hmm. August. And I interviewed a lot of people to hire yeah. that big a team. And, you know, you'd ask people the solid principles. We, I One guy who joked and said, oh, yeah, I got asked this every interview. Mm-hmm. We didn't know them. <laughs> you Fair, know? Fair play. <laughs> I kind of thought if you get asked every interview, you should know them. He knew he could describe them. Mm-hmm. He got mixed up with dependency injection and dependency inversion, which is really common. Mm-hmm. Um, but he couldn't tell me how you use them or anything. Yeah. So, so that's... A big, Sorry, I was going to say there's a big gap there. I see. I find mm. in interviews that people can tell me the definition of command patterns or the solid mm. principles. They can't tell me when and where you'd actually use such a thing. That's that's what I was trying to explain. Yeah, the the difference between memorizing the solution or actually knowing the what what is it, what you are talking about, even though you don't know the name. That's a, yeah, a big exactly. big difference. Um, and if, if we move on to the kind of business side of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's probably a few rules around there that you expect yeah. uh, certainly seniors to act in a, in a business sense, right? So, I mean, a lot of developers will come in and they, they're kind of just, um, they come in, they build the code, they go home. Yeah. And that's one way of, you'll certainly develop the code, but there's a professionalism there that you need to, to mask that that um, line, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what you're mentioning, like a... You can focus on getting the, if you are using Jira to get the task across the board in Jira and off you go, or you can have that responsibility of knowing what you're building, knowing what are the competitors. Sometimes, or not sometimes, (laughs) quite a lot of times, you feel like developers and business are like different like a different company, it's like a different teams and a, them against us. And it's that's for me, it's like a not very professional, not very like senior level. When you're senior, you know that that business is more important that you deliver the feature than the code is beautiful. Because if you don't have the feature, there is no company and it's boring. It's much nicer to have like beautiful code but it's more important to deliver. And uh, obviously uh, you have to deliver with certain quality and you have to know when to stop making the code nice, but you have to be, uh, to be responsible to, uh, to, to bring 
that feature and to know what what is the the intention of 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 that feature is not moving the the ticket around not getting that task those points out of the the board is to know that if uh, that task is a dependency or is a misunderstood by somebody that that by the person that wrote the task you have to call call it out and say look I think this is wrong. I think that you have to change that task. Take ownership. And that, that's the difference between like a senior engineers, somebody that takes ownership and somebody that goes there, does the job, goes home. Um, I don't think that's professional. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think it's, um, it's also important that you mentioned, you need to know when, you know, we want to do TDD, we want to do clean code. We want to have everything tested. We want to have the automation done as well. But you also need to know when it's it's clean enough and written well yeah. enough to be released, and not just spend another week tinkering with it just to make sure it's perfect. Um, you know, if we if people do follow the Boy Scout rule, things are always going to be cleaned up anyway. Yeah, that's going right. on. And if no one knows what the Boy Scout rule is, it's essentially um, cleaning up as you develop, mm-hmm. not just ignoring problems in the code. And we can talk about that actually because there's a lot of yeah, I think that's thoughts on how how to do that. It's a, um, it's, it's a real point, and actually, it's, it's something that if you apply, as you say, things will get fixed eventually. It's kind of constant refactoring instead of having a big oh, we need six weeks of refactoring because we've left this code rot for the past year. Um, and you mentioned like knowing competitors and and being interested in the product, and sometimes that's easier in certain products. So you know, mm-hmm. one of the companies we worked in is a very well-known company here in, in Dublin, um, in Ireland. And it's, it was it was an easy one to know the product well because it was a, a property portal website. And obviously yeah. people who rent and buy houses um, or apartments or whatever, we know the pain points there. Yeah. But so I'm currently working in a telematics product. I was someone who's never been a trucker or <laughs> a van driver. There is sometimes trying to figure out what the pain points would be can be quite difficult. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But it, it's important to take a, a decent enough interest, I would say. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. And uh, in order to do that, and uh, probably that uh, will link to, to the final point that you said, but um, it's you have to sit down with the, with the business people and know what are their suffering or their worries or their uh, deliveries or what they are trying to achieve. Probably you have to to know your OKRs if you are using your OKRs and how the task that you're working on aligns to the OKRs. And probably you have to call out if look this task has nothing to do with the OKRs. Why are we working on this? And that's a very valid point. And somebody will probably have the the writer's response for that. It's like okay, maybe you don't see the link, but there is one. And uh, so uh, th- those. If concepts that can feel like boring because it's not technical make the difference in a, yeah. like as a professional okay just on that can you just explain what okors are for oh, anyone yeah. thank you well probably you can explain them better but you are a manager we don't actually use okors in my company okay um it's your measure of success it's your <laughs> objectives and key results yeah. Okay. We use a different a different model in where I work at the moment, um, but this is what you're trying to get to. It's the 
probably the, the three year plan broken down to a one year plan broken down to how are we going to do this this year mm-hmm. and then we're looking at is this product actually going to bring us those key results and those measurements and you will find stuff like that and i mean we're always talking about releasing user value yep and it's also important to know what the return on investment is of a developer's time right so yeah as you say you're sitting with with product and knowing well look they might show you something uh, mm-hmm. in a concept and you might be able to say that's very difficult to do mm-hmm. you know things aren't technically impossible it could be very difficult to do but if the the time is okay and, and you know if the, the let's say the timeline is reasonable or they're they're allowing the timeline that's going to take you to do it and they think the value return investment is good for it that's fine but otherwise developers need to be able to to point out mm-hmm. that these are technically challenging things i think part of what you're talking about as well as being agile right so you want to yeah you really want to have developers involved from a much earlier phase than being handed a requirements list yeah and off you go just build that yeah there's that and that's uh, you, there are like a few articles saying that agile is dead and so on and uh, probably is because it, that part of the agile uh, philosophy or methodology is forgotten that it's like making people that are going to build the product aware and part of the conversation as early as possible because they they, they will know they will know uh, if the code can handle that or if there is a a, a smarter way to do something or so uh, and also they have to know that uh, that new feature is coming down the line so they can prepare their uh, the code to to handle that so yeah I, it's it's been agile as you say yeah yeah, and certainly in, from my experience in mobile development, I'm sure probably yours as well, you you get quite a lot of, and it's important to be there early because you, you tend to get a lot of designs that lean one way or the other. They tend to lean mm-hmm. with Apple or they lean with material design. Mm-hmm. Um, and that generally means one of the, the two major platforms, and some companies might still be doing Windows, who knows, but would be essentially building things um, customizable, which mm-hmm. is obviously going to, impact on, on their timeline right so being there earlier before that concept becomes a finality and developers just told to do it is really important so you don't get a almost a backlash from the development team yeah and um, probably uh, that um, well that's uh, one thing that uh, will lead to like as a developer and it it comes very very clearly in, in that book that uh, you mentioned or I don't know if it's in the intro. The uh, clean coder don't commit to unrealistic deadlines. And that's something that uh, you could uh, just um, accept. Okay, this is the deadline. I know that it's not going to be possible. And uh, as we are not going to hit it, uh, the day that we don't hit it, I blame somebody else and uh, I wash my hands. That's not professional. You have to call it out very early and say, look, if you want that feature, if this big feature comes, it will have uh, this impact. And you have to be flexible. Agility is also being flexible and say, okay, we can remove some of the the requirements. We can uh, break it down into phases or three phases. But you have to call it very early so that a business and everybody is aware that they are asking for something that is not possible or it's not possible in that time frame. Yeah. So, I mean, it almost put down a rule that if you're if you're a senior, but even at, even at mid-level, any developer mm-hmm. really should be pushing for more product knowledge if 
for whatever reason their company that isn't really done mm-hmm. and if it is they should really be taking part of it and really um being fully engaged in those kind of early concepting workshops or early um requirements discussion workshops or even if they have users testing sessions where they actually have users mm-hmm. in their company or on the phone yeah actually listening to what the users are saying instead of just kind of feeling it's just something they need to go to and they just want to get back to their coding and an hour's time yeah that's that it's yeah it's a, a part of a, what we mentioned before they take ownership this yeah. is this part of it your keys on the keyboard your fingers on the keyboard essentially mm. yeah um so on, on the third one i was going to bring up is um i have written a team player um mm-hmm. which i suppose can, can be called maybe uh, team morale or however we want to talk about it but basically being within a team so how, how would you expect professional developers to act within a team yeah so uh, i had a few points there like uh, giving the heads up early but it's very important to know that you are working with with people <laughs> which uh, sometimes uh, we have those uh, developers that are a uh, like a on their own, not talking to anybody, um, uh, like a corner, like grumpy. That's not professional. Look, you can be very good at algorithms or at something, but uh, you are not. You, if you are not part of a team, this is not professional. And in the end, most of the delays of uh, the problems or the yeah, the, the biggest impact in the delivery time. For the project, most of the times it's not a technical issue; it's like a communication issue. And you can be very good at, at uh, coding, but if you're not good at uh, playing in a team, you're going to be you're not going to be as valuable as a de- developer as uh, as a professional. That's something that uh, is boring, maybe, but you know you need to know who you are working with and uh, what kind of uh, persons they are. There are like lots of books about personality. Maybe you have to read one of those. There are, I could recommend some, but uh, there are good books that explain the different ways that people have to approach the same problem. And you have to know that there are different ways to approach the same problem than yours. And all of them are valid. Yeah, and and it's... um... I was going to say it comes back to the culture, right? So when, when we interview people in my team, we would have a culture interview. Uh, I know mm-hmm. some, so I've heard some teams think that's silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can discover, you know, culturally quite a bit in, in the technical interview anyway. Yeah. But it's really important that the team gel and get on well mm-hmm. and people feel they can walk up to you and you're approachable and actually talk to you about technical issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's important not to, and I've, I work with some uh, quiet people, but being so caught in the corner and um not approachable and not available yeah makes it difficult then especially if someone's dependent on you to finish something for them so Mm -hmm. always a good example is an api developer and mobile or even you know db developers generally can be first Mm -hmm. point of chain um it's really important to think of the people who are dependent on you they have deadlines and pressures too and and you're one of those people that are actually you can get to a stage where you're not blocking using mocking techniques etc but you need to be open to being compromised and talked to yeah 
in one of the things that they help, uh, and it's part of the culture of the company that uh, it needs to be like a healthy, like in order to give feedback or receive feedback, is one of the best ways you have to grow as a person and as a developer. So if you uh, have learned how to take a feedback and make that. Um, make it comfortable for other people to come to you and say, look, I don't uh, agree with how you approach this or I, th I will uh, do this uh, something somehow different. That is very valuable because then you're going to be able to, to grow and to create a team where th uh, the truth is set up front. Otherwise, um, well, you, you know that those characters that are like a um, toxic that are speaking like a, on the backs of, of other people and that destroys the morale of a team and that destroys the team yeah and <clears throat> the, like toxic personalities in a company it really doesn't matter how good a developer you are eventually that's going to be too much for any management team to to, to want to keep you you know mm -hmm. you can be the best yeah. developer in in the company but if you're driving morale down and you're making people want to leave and you're you're a cause of churn, employee churn in the company, your development skills is not worth it. It's not worth it. No. no, 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 because um, I'm just going to point out here that while we talk about, you know, maybe there's shy people and shy developers, mm -hmm. that's fine. And we're not suggesting they jump out and do a tech talk in front of 50 people. Yeah. But you know we don't want to jump that much because we are talking about playing to your strengths <laughs> but i think what we're more talking about is to, is to be a bit more open to um questioning and open to people actually coming to your desk essentially to ask you things yeah and uh, if you for example are uh, using pomodoro technique you can make it uh, explain that i'm working like 25 minutes I will go back to you in five, uh, five minutes or ten minutes, and that's absolutely fine and understandable for for everyone. So, um, yeah, so, so, uh, do you want to explain that technique? Oh yeah, the Pomodoro t technique. Uh, it's um, well, the Pomodoro is that a uh, kitchen clock that uh, you uh, twist or you rotate, and it has uh, like a timer, like maybe 25 minutes or half an hour or one hour. But usually uh, this technique applied to uh, software de development is uh, for 25 minutes, you are focused on the task at hand and you can't uh, get any interruptions. So if uh, somebody talks to you or maybe you uh, shoot down Slack or the messaging, uh, messaging um, application that you use, you shoot down emails, you put your headphones if you want, or you, you just uh, put uh, something like a red flag in, in your desk. So you're focused for 25 minutes on doing your task. Uh, after 25 minutes, you have five minutes to relax, to have a conversation, to follow up of, on some question that somebody could have asked uh, during the, those 25 minutes. And you go back to, to another Pomodoro, another 25 minutes. You try to do that like uh, as many times per day. You have the longer um, rest times after like three or four Pomodoros. And that's a very good way to, to keep your focus and to, to get the uh, tasks uh, or things done when there are so many interruptions in, in your sort of office. Yeah, I think that's important, right? So that, that technique, 
Um, I'm going to be honest, I've never actually used it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's... Have. Yeah, and it's it's hard. It's uh, you Sometimes you get like three Pomodoros in a day, but um, in the end, it's, it's one try. There are also apps that help you with that. And um, it's just, okay, I'm going to focus on one single task for this amount of time. And because multitasking is is what uh, destroys productivity, so yeah, yeah, that, and that comes back to the whole Kanban approach of whip limits and everything as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about uh, Pomodoro, it's um, as someone has never used it, but I know it's a great technique, and it's also as you say, after I think three to four twenty-five minute blocks, you then have a fifteen or twenty-minute kind of mm-hmm. break basically, which is essentially you go get your cup of coffee or cup of tea in my case. Um, (laughs) Or if you have a a lot of emails for some reason after that that amount of time, you can go through those as well. (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, also some some recommendation related to to emails and being focused. Sometimes it's better to leave the emails reading and writing emails uh, in the day or later in the day because you are more awake in the morning. So the best code or more focused tasks or more demanding tasks should be done in uh, in the morning usually. Cool. Um, that's really good, really good advice actually on emails as well because as developers and especially with all the, the kind of communications we have now, I mean, hmm. Slack, HipChat, whatever you're using, um, gmail like the notifications flying in all the time it's very hard yeah. to get focused on development yeah i, I think if anything it, it's really good for developers just to, to silence all that for you know yeah. as you say 25 minutes doesn't seem like a huge amount of time mm-hmm. but um it, it's a focused 25 minutes which is a big yeah. thing right yeah absolutely um the other side of that of course is is making that a kind of culture so you want that to be to people to understand that and not to be disturbing so there might be some kind of flag as you say in your desk mm-hmm. or even colored post-its or something you just put on top of one of your monitors whatever way you indicate that you're not currently available for being talked to um that doesn't go against what we were previously talking about to being open and approachable what we're talking about is having focused time and then being open and approachable when that happens yeah that's that it's and it's easy it's like a slack is a an asynchronous messaging system so uh, a message can st- uh, stay there for 25 minutes. There is nothing. Or if there is something that uh, has to be answered in the moment, you can, it can be flagged. Okay, I need an answer now. But otherwise, 25 minutes is not a lot of time to, to wait for, uh, for an answer. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> so we tend to do, we're going to tend to do something on the, the show, which is uh, a book recommendation from each of our guests. And kind of one book that you think that um, software developers should be reading hmm. to um, advance their career essentially and to get to gain more knowledge yeah. overall so uh, the one that I, I've chose and it's because in, in the end the, the more senior you get the more exposure you have to, to code that has been written by somebody that is not there in the company anymore so I would recommend the working effectively with legacy code by Michael Feathers um, nice one. 
it's uh, I think it gives a very like concrete examples of how to deal with uh, with code that you haven't written and that it needs to be like refactored. The, the the more senior you are, the more uh, time you will spend like refactoring code, and maybe less time like building something new. So yeah, I would recommend that one. Yeah, I think that's true. I think the majority of people these days most companies have been around unless you're in a brand new startup you're probably going to be working with legacy code at some stage hmm. and probably produce some horrendous legacy code <laughs> if it's been around long enough um okay i will link all that in the show notes so mm-hmm. we have the okr is the pomodoro technique the, the book link and thanks for taking the call Alvaro. it was a really good conversation thank you thank you for for, for the chat yeah it was good i enjoyed it okay thanks man we'll talk to you soon yeah see you that's all we have time for in this episode Uh, i really hope you enjoyed it if so please subscribe and hopefully we'll see you next time